I don't know what I can and can't say anymore. <laughs> everybody to spin me a story i'm luke i'm casey and i'm roman um i guess luke is starting to be the host of this show now so yeah casey wasn't working out as the host he's more of the uh creative genius behind everything thanks um and his hosting skills were subpar so he chose me um to go ahead and host this thing we are in our holiday edition spin me a story and we today are going to spin on the holiday wheel, wheel of many things. Is that right, Casey? Yeah. So Spin Me a Story is a creative writing podcast where we spin a couple wheels, we write a story, um, and then these guys react to it, and we talk about kind of the writing process that goes behind it. Today, specifically, we are talking about a holiday. Oh, okay. Hey, Luke. Yeah. Do me a big favor. Stop and working. Yeah. <laughs> I know you have like the Enigma machine that you're typing on, but I'm going to need you to uh, not stop. <laughs> yeah, not. Uh, I know you have your rock tumbler set up next to your microphone. Um, Luke is working from home today because of uh, the pandemic. It's been a difficult time. I was out all last week, so sorry about the uh, week that we missed that is my fault but hopefully we'll be able to get you guys some bonus content to make up for that the basically the story we're going with this year we're um we're doing kind of like that hallmark lifetime type story where a uh, big city uh protagonist woman uh is gonna go visit her hometown for some reason meets a guy uh and he's gonna teach her the true meaning of the holidays um, and then she's gonna learn that oh i really want to live in a small town with people who work with their hands type of feel. Uh, this is how every one of the movies go. This is how all the stories are. So we're going to try and do that. So we're going to spin the first wheel. This one is our genre wheel. We always spin it first. Okay. And we got a holiday thriller. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so it's going to be like Die Hard. Yeah, a little bit like <laughs> Die Hard. Okay. All right, we're going ne- to spin the next wheel. Uh, this wheel is going to be the... A uh, big city job that our protagonist has. Uh, any idea what big city she is from? New York. New York. Okay. Yeah. We're good with New York. We don't want to go with anywhere else. No, I think New York's kind of like the traditional setting. So I think you're right. So she's going to be an advertising executive in New York. Perfect. Nice. All right. Uh, the next. Is she kind of like? Is she kind of like uh, uh, Elf's father then? Oh, from the movie Elf, yeah. From the movie Elf. Yeah, you make sure to clarify, because oh. I was like, who's L? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so an advertising executive in New York, um, you know, she's really career-oriented. She's a go-getter, um, and she's going to visit her small town. I've got a, a wheel here specifically of uh, small town names. I don't know if any of these places are real. I found a state, and then I put a funny uh, holiday-style name to it. Um We've got some good ones on there. I have Mistletoe, New Hampshire, Partridge, Pennsylvania. Uh, my favorite is still Snowhio, Ohio. <laughs> I'm really hoping we get that. Um, 
all the way up to Dreidel, Wisconsin, too. There you uh, go. You know, all spectrums. Uh, spin the wheel. We got St. Nicholas, Montana. Okay. So you're know, playing off of uh, the yeah. St. Paul, uh, Minnesota. <laughs> we got St. St. Nicholas, uh, Montana. Have you guys been to Montana before? I've never been. Uh, never been either. Nope. Right. I've been to North Dakota. It's probably very similar. I, I bet it's about the exact same. <laughs> yep, it probably Pretty is. Close. Okay, so it was nice. Big city advertising executive is going to travel to St. Nicholas, Minnesota, uh, Montana. St. Nicholas, Montana. I need to make sure I remember that. St. Nicholas, Montana. Um, do you have a name for our protagonist yet? Jordan. Jordan? Yes. Okay. I like no. it. I was going to say Noel was going to be a little bit too on the nose, uh, but Jordan works out perfectly. <laughs> so we'll do Jordan. And she is going to be visiting her small town. Um, and then I have a wheel here specifically for why she's visiting her small town. Okay. Um, there's all kinds of things on there from corporate greedy man uh, buys out all the Christmas trees to make artificial tree incense. And that's actually what we spun. So he's going to buy all the Christmas trees, <laughs> uh, compress them down, and make artificial tree incense out of all of the Christmas trees. Okay. No candles? So there's no Christmas trees in her small town? There's no. There's not going to be any Christmas trees in the small town. And this is going to be the, uh, you know, really the crux of the situation here. Okay. This is, this is the climax. This is the problem here. You know, she's got she's to go back home and try and talk corporate greedy man. That's his name. Well, that's not his name, but that's his right. name. And whatever so this is not name. a job assignment. Well, can, we say, can we say that his corporation's name is Fallmark? No. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> and, bit too close. And uh, Fallmark decided to buy all the Christmas trees um, and then make them into, like you said, artificial Christmas trees and resell them for like three times the price of normal Christmas trees. Yeah, I mean... I mean, he's he, he's com he's condensing them down. He's doing some sort of compression machine. Yeah. I'm thinking of like the uh, Sneeds from the Lorax where he's cutting down all the trees to make Sneeds. Right. Yeah, basically something <laughs> along those lines. He's cutting down all the Christmas trees and he's he creating works. artificial Christmas tree smell from yeah. it. And it's called Pine Sense. I just want to go back because a couple <laughs> of these other ones are, are really good on, on, the, on that wheel. Um, my favorite is High School Flames Candle Making Shop Burns Down. Okay. I thought that was clever. <laughs> Um, little brothers participating in a school holiday pageant so she has to travel back home I'm glad we didn't get that one that would have been kind of boring uh, father working at a handmade wooden ornament factory gets arthritis oh man <laughs> yeah that was rough <laughs> uh, mother working at bakery needs to uh, needs help to win holiday bake off uh, corporate greedy man is back but this time he's going to foreclose on family small country inn does oh, he no. look like the monopoly man with the little mustache yeah Ooh, so this is going to be the next question. Okay. Is this going to be the one, and instead of him teaching her the meaning of the holidays, she teaches, you know, instead of he being the one teaching her about the holidays, right. she teaches him the meaning of the holidays. So she he bought all these Christmas trees. He's going to give it back is, out to the town. And this is, is going he to be, gonna be her love interest. The love interest, yeah. So is this going to be the corrupt, greedy man who's, oh, no, I don't care about this. And like, Eventually, the town uprises or whatever, and eventually gets the Christmas trees back. Because right. we know in the end, it has to have a happy ending. Okay. Or, can we do this? And you can you can tell me if this is not good. But what if she goes back to the holiday or to her hometown every Christmas to help her family at their Christmas tree farm, and all of a sudden this year? 
this corporate greedy man comes in and he holds everybody up hostage during their Christmas party. And he basically steals all of the Christmas trees. And basically she gets like her feet cut by broken glass and all kinds of stuff. And she has to like beat him and get the Christmas trees back. And at the very end, he falls in slow motion from the top of the tallest Christmas tree. What do you think? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sounds brutal. I was with you for a little bit of that there. Uh, you lost me at she's going to cut her feet on glass. Yeah, like, you know, there's, uh, there's bro- oh, broken ornaments. There's broken Christmas ornaments. <laughs> no, and for some reason, she doesn't have her shoes. They were taken from her or something. So And this- so she's like, Walking on broken Christmas tree ornaments. So my idea is this greedy man hires this advertisement agency to come in Ooh. and do an advertisement. And she's assigned to this. And when she comes in, she's not happy what she sees because she just feels for the town of that. This guy is taking all the Christmas trees. She seeing all these kids like heartbroken because there's no Christmas trees. There's nothing to celebrate. And people don't want incense because he's selling all the Christmas tree incense to these big cities and they're not really actually being say Nicholas Montana is going to go without a Christmas trees. Right. But so Christmas is pretty much canceled at this Montana place because this guy is taking all the Christmas trees. And streets. this is her hometown. So she's got she's got this divided interest because this is her work and she's you know very uh you know career driven, but also she has to protect her hometown. True. So I like this idea, but in what way is it a thriller? I mean, it doesn't have to be an action-packed thriller. I mean, it could be like a a mental thriller. I'm thrilled by this. Did you hear yourself? Or do you hear yourself a mental thriller? Yeah. I'm sorry, it's a psychological thriller. That is the exact term for it. Can you give me an example of a movie that came out in the last three, four years that was a psychological mental thriller? Uh, So that I can get a visual. Um, do you want a movie or do you want a book, which we're writing? Uh, 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 a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. Uh, what about Split or 10 Cloverfield Lane? There's action in there, but it's only caused by kind of like the psych, the psychology of the people in the bunker. Have you ever seen 10 Cloverfield Lane? I haven't. Okay. Oh, I, I kind of have an idea of what it's about, though. It's three people stuck in a room together uh, in a bunker. Uh, one yeah. says that, hey, there's monsters outside, and the other two have amnesia. Yeah. And it's kind of this back and forth of, like, is he lying? Is he telling the truth? And that's a psychological okay. thriller. So this could be the psychological thriller is that is her boss trying to, you know, undermine her love of her hometown because here he is bringing her onto basically an advertisement that's going to ruin her hometown. So it's kind of this ultimate test of whether she's loyal to the company or if she's being, or if she's still willing to be loyal to her hometown. Okay. Yeah, sure. We good with that? I'm good with it. I'm good with that. So now, uh, beefcake McStud muffin, the uh, the uh, the love interest in this story. Okay, that's his name. No, that's not his name, but we have to give him some sort of characteristics, uh, and I feel like 
being a uh, a beefcake is the number one characteristic. I don't think he needs much more than that. <laughs> I'm already sold on this character. Um, so yeah, he, I, I picture him as like a lumberjack, kind of like the brawny man in the on the toilet, not toilet paper, but the like on the the, the towels. Yeah, yeah, towels. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, so he's gonna have this nice flannel, paper towel. He's gonna have this nice flannel shirt and everything. He's very muscular. Yeah. Um, but down to earth, he's homey, yeah, you know. He feels homey. like somebody you could snuggle up with, but he definitely works <laughs> with his, his hands in some in some way. What's his name? Well, what do you uh, guys? I suggest? feel like Nick. <laughs> I feel like he's a no. Nick or a Chad Nick's or a uh, a Roger. The name of the city is Nick. Yeah, which the name makes of the it even better. Fine, we'll name him Chad. Chad is perfect. Chad or Tyler. Wait, you're home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see how it is. Or Cody. What about Rudolph? Right. Sure. Rudolph's better. <laughs> or Rudolfo. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, okay. <gosh. laughs> okay. All right. Go ahead. All right. So we have one more wheel, and that is our exciting event wheel. Um, I've added some on here specifically for our holiday special. So... Is that, um, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but is that our like our our like in the middle of the story something happens that changes the whole thing? Yeah. So I mean, are we far enough is, into making this story to figure that out yet? Yeah, because this story is already basically written. This is the exact same story that you could find on any in any Hallmark Lifetime, any okay. uh, of your B roll uh, holiday movies. Um, they're right. going to have basically the exact same setup that we already have. You know, like I said. Uh, big town girl goes to small town, meets handsome guy who's a lumberjack. Uh, they learn the true meaning of Christmas and go from there. So I think what really is going to set our story apart is the exciting event. So our big exciting event, uh, I'm going to spin that wheel right now. And just to throw it out there, this lumberjack, they did go to school back in the day. So when she sees him again, it's like, oh, you came back, you know? All right, so <laughs> yeah, Luke, do you have any comment on this? I mean, come on. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's spinning the wheel again. Okay, so this Spin is gonna, this, this is going to take a little bit of explaining on this one because I wrote it down, um, and this is a new one, but this isn't one specifically for the holidays. It's revealed to be two different timelines, and I've added this in there because there has been a lot of recent. Uh, twists in stories and TV shows and movies where the twist is it's really happening in two different timelines. This is going to be hard. Like I said, this is going to be hard to, to work in, but basically the story of her working for the advertising firm and doing the whole thing with the Christmas happens at a completely different time as her love interest with the lumberjack but we have to intertwine them and make it seem like these are happening at the same time. Can the love interest, can, can we use my idea then to kind of weave it in the whole, like the whole, like a uh, Christmas tree farm thing. Her family owns a Christmas tree farm and they have um, somebody from this corporate guy comes in. We can't say that he's from uh Walmart, right? Right. Okay. So from somewhere, corporate, uh, comes in and he decides to steal all the Christmas trees in the entire town and she cuts her feet on glass ornaments. 
<laughs> no. And then he falls. And then he falls from the highest Christmas tree in slow motion at the end. No. <laughs> so my idea with this would be, you know, she meets this guy. He's a lumberjack, and you know they kind of start falling in love and learning about what the holidays are. But at the same time. Uh, she's at this advertising for, you know, she's working with this advertiser and her boss. But then in the end, the twist comes out to be that the lumberjack guy has gone to become a corporate greedy man. And they're actually the same person. Does that make sense? Okay. But just to say, is this lumberjack guy a stranger to the town itself? Or has he been there forever? Because it's a small town, everyone knows her name. Right. So I just say, is he an outsider coming into the town? The lumberjack or, or the corporate greedy man, or are they, th- or are they one person? Lumberjack. Or I would assume he's from there. From there. Yes, they knew each other growing up. They were high school sweethearts. Whatever. Okay. She moved away to become this uh, advertising executive. Comes back. They pick up, but maybe like he went to become an advertising executive too. He gets promoted, glass ceiling, and all that fun stuff, and he becomes her boss. And now they go back. And it's kind of this duality again between saving her family, saving uh, saving her job, but also between this love interest that happened in the past about you know trying to save the Christmas tree farm, saving the family business, that type of thing, and saving her career okay, and working okay. for corporate businessman. Here, what if? What if? Okay, this is the, and this is my whole like story. This is how it would go. Okay. Okay. The scene begins. John she McClane. came home. <laughs> she no wait yeah basically but let me let me finish okay so it starts off she works as a corporate advertiser like you said all that okay she comes home every Christmas season to help her family at the Christmas tree farm and they have their Christmas party every Christmas Eve right before and the whole community comes out and everything well at this Christmas party all of a sudden this young dashing looking young man comes in and he basically steals all the Christmas trees. They have this big, you know, fight ensue and they basically try and stop him from stealing the Christmas trees. And eventually um, they do succeed. He falls from the top of the highest Christmas tree in slow motion. And he's her. And that's the last she sees him or she thinks because later on, the whole story plays out that you're talking about on the the other timeline, the one that you, that Roman came up with. But at the end, she finds out that that guy that she fell in love with is actually the guy that came and held up their whole Christmas tree farm. Okay, so he has amnesia. I that sort of reminds me of just like the whole Grinch story <laughs> what you just mentioned. It's the plot of Die Hard is what he's trying to get it. Uh, Taking out all the stuff about Die Hard, I do like the idea that maybe I, I like some of the things that you've got in there, and I'm going to steal them. Um, he's going to have he falls off the Christmas tree, has amnesia, wakes up, becomes corporate businessman, you know, corporate greedy man, or whatever his name was, and goes from there. Maybe he even changes his name. You know, obviously he's disfigured from the horrible fall off the tallest um, Christmas tree. Yeah, whatever that means. But <laughs> but why is he on the tallest Christmas tree? Uh, to profess his love for Jordan. He's not holding up the farm. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to fit that in. I mean, he's going to be, at the same time, he's going to be... Can there at least be ornaments that she cuts her foot on? That's all I ask. 
just work that in somehow. And the answer no. is no. Did this happen recently? I'm just curious. So yeah. fun story. When uh, when my brother was growing up, he grabbed, he was small. Uh, he grabbed an ornament off the tree and said, ball. And this was back in like the 80s. So they were made of glass. So he shattered he a glass it. ornament on oh, the yeah. on the tile everywhere. And while yeah. my mother was cleaning that up, he grabbed a, another ornament off the tree, happened to be red, said apple, and took a big bite out of it. And then she had to clean oh. glass out of his mouth. So, oh, that's yeah, awesome. fun story. But yeah, this goes along the lines right. of, does that sound like fun to you, Luke? That does not sound like fun. No. Yeah, then we're not no, doing no. that with the, <laughs> with Jordan. Uh, Poor Jordan. Stepping on glass no, with but broken like, feet. No, but no, the whole point of it Without is it's kind of like a, a tongue-in-cheek reference to Die Hard. We already have a tongue-in-cheek reference to Die Hard, and that's him falling off of the tallest Christmas tree. And the Christmas tree is going to be a Nakatomi Christmas tree. That they've imported in from okay. Japan. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, that's fine. Okay. Perfect. All right. Are we I'm all? Ha- I am. I am appeased. Okay. Are we all happy with this? I think we're happy with it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna go to the writers' room, and we'll be back uh, pretty quickly because I've got a very short timeline to get this written. So. Wait. When do you have to have it written by? Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yep. So less editing, more writing on this one. Um, but yeah, that's it. Snow pattered against the windows of the airplane as the moody lights lulled Jordan into and back out of sleep. She had been on the plane now for three hours headed towards her hometown, St. Nicholas, Montana. She caught the red eye from JFK after her holiday sales pitch was accepted. She was tired from her career successes and just wanted to enjoy headed home for the holidays. Bzz, bzz. Her cell phone vibrated with a phone call from her boss. Probably congratulations for landing the big advertisement deal right before the holiday. The kudos were well-deserved, so she felt like answering the call. Hello? The small breeze from the air vents were louder than her hushed tones. Are you sitting down? Good. I got your next job for you. And guess what? It's in St. Nick. Her boss's voice boomed over the mic. The man sitting next to her grumbled loudly and turned towards the aisle. Jordan apologized. The crisp night air took her breath away as she stepped off the plane. Her brother was waiting for her at the gate with one of those silly chauffeur hats and a placard with her name on it. It was just the type of goofy things Andy would do. How was your flight? He asked, loading her bags into the back of a station wagon. Exhausting. I work most of the flight here and probably will have to work through the holidays, she sighed. Well, get some rest. It's a long drive back to St. Nick. They pulled away from the airport terminal and drove into the darky snowy abyss. Levi Thibodeau knocked on the door at Jordan's family home in the morning. He was a burly man of six foot seven, well-groomed quaff of hair adorned his unseasonably tanned face. He hid a droll smile behind a gruff five o'clock shadow and the light from the snow seemed to glisten in his blue eyes. Jordan had a crush on him all through high school. He was a lumberjack now, working for many of the tree lots in St. Nicholas. Jordan peered through the peephole and saw him holding his warm winter sweater in his arms. Hey, Jordan, I found this puppy wandering around in the snow down by your parents' tree farm. I wrapped my woolly around him to keep him warm, but I was wondering if you had any extra food here for little scruffles. Oh my goodness, of course. Jordan let him in, and he placed his sweater on the tile floor. A beautiful golden retriever puppy burst out of the sweater and joyfully barked at his new surroundings. Levi brushed some snowflakes from his wet fur and tried drying him off. How have you been? Levi followed her into the kitchen, where she was preparing some food for the puppy. Good, good, she tried to be convincing. 
Levi laughed. <laughs> that bad, eh? Yeah, I don't know why I said that. It's been a crazy time in advertising. All kinds of new media to reach out to. Everything's about growing that elusive 18 to 24 demographic. Levi helped himself to a cup of coffee. I wouldn't know anything about that. You sound so professional. What happened to that sweet Montana girl I knew growing up? Yeah, life takes you in strange directions sometimes. How's it been working in the timber business? Busy, but it's got its perks. Hey, are you going to the Winter Festival tonight? Wouldn't miss it. Would I see you there? Wouldn't miss it, he smiled. And with that, Levi said goodbye and headed off to work. Jordan's phone buzzed on the counter. It was her boss again. Did you get the email? What do you think? Of course, Jordan booted up her laptop quickly. What exactly did you have in mind? She found the email and almost dropped the phone in horror. It was a new advertisement campaign. Faux tree-scented sticks made from real Christmas trees. All of them. The whole lot. Every tree in St. Nicholas will be ground up and compressed into little sticks we can sell here in New York to give them that down-home feeling. But what about the Christmas trees for our friends and neighbors? What about my parents' tree farm? What about the tree for the holiday festival? Jordan had many wonderful and painful memories of her time beneath the glow of that tree. Look, Jordan, her boss was growing impatient. If they want that hometown holiday feel, they can buy new Stickmas holiday scented compressed wood sticks for one forty five ninety nine. Now help develop this ad campaign. The dial tone met Jordan's ear. Hey, Joe? Annie called from the other room. Want to help with the decorations? Jordan was lost in thought, but maybe this was the distractions he needed to fill the holiday spirit. So what'd you get mom and dad this year? Another wind chime? Jordan chided. Ha, <laughs> I'm not 12 anymore. I bought them a spa day at the Mossy Creek Lodge. You think dad will really go to a spa day? They both laughed as they continued decorating the tree. It was good to be home. So, you seeing Levi tonight? Annie's question caught Jordan off guard and she dropped an ornament. The world seemed to devolve into slow motion as the light glinted off the falling ornament. The sparkles of glitter and sequins splashed through the air as Jordan's jaw dropped. Her heart sank. She reached her hand out to catch it, but it was too late. It had reached its terminal velocity before impacting with the ground. It bounced harmlessly under the tree. Oh yeah, Mom and Dad went over to plastic ornaments this year, didn't they? Jordan laughed and went over to pick up the dropped ornament. What are you going to do about your boss? It was later in the day, and Jordan's parents had joined her in the kitchen. They were making sandwiches and getting hot chocolate ready for the festival that night. I don't know. I can't believe he was really going to bulldoze all of the trees in the entire town and surrounding areas, Jordan said. It's disgusting, if you ask me. They are willing to ruin the holidays for the entire town just to sell some smelly sticks to hippies. Dad, all-natural tree sticks are the hot trend this year. If you're going to make an omelet... Yeah, 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 but he's really breaking our eggs here, Jordan's father murmured under his breath. Oh, stop, I swear, your father. It just makes me sad for our town. No Christmas trees? Yeah. It's weird thinking about hometown will never be the same. Jordan looked out the window at the tractors lined up to plow down the forest. His father came up behind her and wrapped her in a hug. You know, this was his hometown too once. See if he can't change his mind. Levi picked Jordan up at five that afternoon. They grabbed two burgers at the Dairy Queen and headed to the festival. It was like old times. As busy as town folk got the craft booths and food stands up and ready to serve guests. Ranchers were unloading livestock for the petting zoo. The sun crested over the hills and illuminated the snowy winterlands. Bet New York doesn't give you this, Levi said. Jordan sighed. No, it really doesn't. 
advertising, big city, career-oriented? Is that really who you are? Jordan thought about it. She missed St. Nicholas. She missed the small town feel where everyone knows everyone. She missed her family, her friends. She was a different person now. She smiled. Yeah, it is. She said this quietly as she peered out at the driven snow gilded by the setting sun. It's been great having you here. You leave it for good this time? Don't you miss it? Nothing gold can stay, she said. She reached out her hand for his. Levi was silent, but eventually relented and placed his hand in hers. They stood there for a moment, but only a moment, to watch the sun fade from view and dusk envelop the snowy hillside. They headed back towards the festival grounds. What's going on? Jordan ran to her parents' side. The townsfolk had gathered in front of the tractors, which had roared to life. They're fixing to start tearing down the trees right now, her father shouted. In the middle of the festival? Jordan was astonished her boss would work for someone this cruel. But he was right. They had begun harvesting trees. I'll go ahead and start marking trees to clear along the forest line here. A familiar voice shouted to the men. The lumberjack in charge took his helmet off and tussled his auburn hair. Jordan was indignantly upset. It was Levi. She hadn't seen him in six years. That time they met for the holiday festival and had the conversation on the hill about her moving to New York permanently. Six years ago, they walked back from the hillside and into the town square. They were setting up the big Christmas tree in the center of town for the tree lighting. They passed the Morrisons and waved hello. Miss Annie's bakery was closing down and setting off the last of their holiday treats so that everyone would be able to make it to the festival. There was so much life in this little town, but Levi was heartbroken. The love of his life was walking away from all of this. She wouldn't even be here for the, by the New Year's. He had to find a way to show her his love. He excused himself from her company and headed towards the big tree. It was almost 30 minutes later that Jordan heard the commotion. Everyone was gathered around the enormous tree in the town square. It was a 40-foot Nakatomi fir that was decorated with baubles and tinsels, but what caught everyone's attention was the man clinging to the top of the tree. It was Levi. Jordan! I had to tell you how I feel! Levi shouted at the top of his lungs. Jordan was mortified with embarrassment. I climbed this tree because it's like how high I would climb to be with you. Get down here this instant, Levi. We can talk about this when we're on the ground, Jordan growled. No, first tell me you aren't leaving for New York. Levi repositioned his hands. The branches from the tree were slick with dew. Sure, whatever. Get down here now. She tried not to scream it. But it happened suddenly. Levi's hand slipped. His body flailed towards the heavens, his gaze fixed towards the top of the tree, his face contorted into sheer terror as he fell. Falling fell like an eternity as he watched the branches flash by his hands. His attempts at grasping towards the tree were in vain. He hit the soft snow below with a piff. It's been six years, Levi. Let it go, Jordan pleaded with Levi as he rolled up his flannel. Really? I don't remember, Levi said. I know, the amnesia. But listen, if you love me... If you ever love me, please don't do this. Jordan wiped a tear from her eyes. Levi looked around, confused. Most of the townsfolk looked angry at him for some reason. He hadn't understood the whole purpose of putting up a tree for a month or two just to take it down. Not since the accident. I don't even know what all this is about, Levi said. He was struggling with his memory. Jordan hoped seeing her again would help him remember. Maybe she was right. Why don't you tell your lumberjacks to go home? There's not going to be an ad campaign, not without tree sticks, not without the holidays. Jordan took the axe from Levi's hands. The townsfolk cheered. The rest of the holiday festival was a hit. 
Jordan and Levi were honorary guests and were chosen to flick the switch to light the tree. They all had a wonderful festival. Why would you do that? Levi asked as they walked back towards the house. Well, both out of a job now. Maybe it's time I come back to St. Nicholas. My father's Christmas tree farm will need some new owners when he retires. Maybe I can take some of my advertising experience and drum up some business. As they walked towards the house, a light dusting of snow began to fall. Nice. Does that fulfill your uh, your diehard requirements, Luke? Yes, yes, very much so. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think it was good. All right. Uh... This was an interesting one to write. I'm not a big writer of romance, but I've done enough poetry and things like that. I try to infuse a little bit more uh, emotional language in here rather than my typical cut and dry, like, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what the setting looks like, da-da-da-da-da. A little bit flowerier, a little bit more of emotion, I guess. So it was kind of nice to be able to write something a little bit different than, you know, Mr. Pickle goes to town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what do you guys think of for a title for this? Because I feel like... Ooh, that's a good question. Um... Cannot be Die Hard, please. It can't be Die Hard <laughs> 6 or Die Hard 7 or whatever number they're on. Just what, what are, like, what? give me some examples of Hallmark movie titles. I know you're a big fan of Hallmark movies. Going to St. Nick. Any, any line from any Christmas song is a title of a, of a Hallmark movie. Yeah, he's right. Uh, Very Merry Mix-Up, Naughty or Nice, Five Star Right Christmas. Before Christmas, Mingle All the Way, A Christmas Detour, North Pole, Five Star Christmas. Five Star Christmas. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm guessing that's a hotel. Huh? Awful. I'm going to guess that. Is it a um, movie about a hotel? <laughs> <laughs> I think we have to we have to go with something that uh, has to do with the tree. Yeah, somewhere on the tree farm. So yeah. there's a lot. Like, there's a lot about trees. So yeah. it can't just be like he sees you while you're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes. It's a little creepy. <laughs> what if we did like O Tannenbaum? <laughs> yeah, sure. So is that what we're going with? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not big on it. Trust me. So you're just doing it because of Oh Christmas Tree? Just curious. Yeah, I mean, I th- I feel like we we do a lot with Christmas trees in this. We do a lot with trees just in general. I feel like it has, like, um, we've got to find something that goes along with that. Like, trees the season. Mm-hmm. Trees the season. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, we were talking about a Christmas tree lighting ceremony, so we could kind of go off those parameters. Um, light up your blank. Light your tree. <laughs> light your tree. Uh, there's there's one. This is an actual movie title. It's called Fur Crazy. It makes me a little jealous that we don't get to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. We'll call it Tinsel Me. <laughs> tinsel Me. Okay. That's it. We got Tinsel Me. Tinsel Me. All right. There we go. It's like tinsel me pink or something. <laughs> right, anything that you want to add into this? No, I mean I think that was. I think it's good. It was definitely everything we talked about, for sure, and nothing less. I liked how Jordan 
was uh, get down from there, you know. Um, just remind me of that that scene. <laughs> Wait, what scene? You know, the famous one from Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Where John McClane is yelling at Hans Gruber to get to down, get from, down from there. He's climbing the Nakatomi oh, Tower. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. I'm That's sorry. That's exactly what How could thinking. I forget? It's a Christmas classic. Have you not do, seen it this Christmas? Do you watch Die Hard every year? Not every year, but I've back when I had television, or when I had cable, I yeah, did, because it was on every Christmas. Are you going to watch it this year? Probably not, if I had to say. Oh, wow. Have you seen it already, Luke? I have not yet. Okay. But it's going to be on your list today? Uh, Possibly. You can watch it with the family. Oh, yeah. No, that one I can't watch with the kids. <laughs> oh. Unless I find the cable version. <laughs> no, that's hard to find. Yeah. Instead, you're just going to have to read them the story. I'll send it to you. You read them the story, and then you tell them that this is the story of Die Hard. Yeah. <sighs> Don't tell them that it's called Tinsel Me. Yeah. Tell them it's called Die Hard, yeah. and they will be like, "Be like, have you ever, uh, have you ever watched the movie Die Hard?" Yeah. Like, no, but I read the, <laughs> the screenplay. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll love that. It's uh, Jordan. So yeah. yeah, their mom's even in it. The only thing I would change, Casey, is probably the very, very, very last line about the light snowfall. Um, I don't know. I just want a little more imagery, slightly more imagery where the snow is falling on. Okay, maybe on the trees because so much of this story is about the trees specifically. Yeah. So a light dusting of snow begins to fall on the tree tops or as they walk towards home or something. Yeah, yeah flocking the trees. Okay, I think, I, I, I think that that works out really good. Um, was it clear where the story was in two timelines? Um, yeah, for the most part. I mean, yeah, I think you just have to really pay attention because if you if you, yeah, yeah, if you're not, then... If you're not totally in tune, I think you would miss it. Yeah, I literally had to write it in two different colors to keep... To make sure I'm like, okay, I'm staying within this timeline, and I'm staying within this timeline. Right. And, okay, she, her boss is calling her, but only during the second timeline. All of that is only happening during the, during the second timeline. Everything with Levi, everything with her um, with her brother, that's all in the first timeline. Uh, yeah. All right, well, this has been Spin Me a Story. Um... We're at story underscore spin on Twitter. Um, we will be trying to catch up a little bit for the new year. Um, we will probably take the new year day, uh, New Year's week off because we're nobody's working that week. So uh, it's been hard enough to try and get everybody in the same room. Uh, I'm recording from home today. Luke is recording from home today. Uh, Roman is the only one in the office. I was gonna say like, oh, if. Uh, if you hear cats in the background, that's my pro that's my fault. If you hear dogs in the back, uh, in the back, you know, that'd be like Roman's house. If you hear children, that's it's Luke's. fine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <clears throat> All right. But anyways, we'll look forward to coming back in January, uh, that first week. Uh, otherwise, I have been Casey. I'm Luke. And I'm Roman. And happy holidays. Happy holidays. Yeah. Happy holidays. It's been your story.